1: The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Hello, Simpering Submissives. You're listening to the show, so you must be a masochist of some sort, so we've got something right up your alley. And I bet you on it right up your alley, you little sicko. Anyway, tonight's feature is the iconic Hellraiser, and I'm kind of pissed at Clive Barker for portraying haunted items as easy to use. I can't get my stupid Ouija board to even budge. I have this bookcase full of Necronomicons and not so much as a hint of sulfur in the air from them. I've read them aloud until I'm bluer in the face. I saw this movie and ran right out and acquired me a centibyte cube. And I got nothing. After six months of playing with that thing, I gave up and used it as a doorstep. Then, at the Horror House Dart Tournament, the Shambling Corpse from the Pit of Blood and Murder podcast tripped on it, and was de-skinned and inside a barrel of salt rolling to hell in about 30 seconds. You just can't win. Oh, well. The movie's great, but don't get your hopes up when you buy your $20 wish.com cube.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your co-hosts this evening, Mr. Luke Jack I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. But I can't do this alone. I've got a whole crew of freaks with me left to right across your podcasting dial. I've got two true freaks OG Chris Honeywell.
1: Don't look at me. <laughs>
0: And uh, right next to him on the dial is my brother, Mr. Jason Jackanetti. The box. You opened it. We came. Yeah, says it all, right? It's like, uh, you know, we get a call, you get a pizza. It says it right on the <laughs> box. <right?
1: laughs>
0: and you're there, too. The last but not least of our little quartet of weirdos, uh, the metal hero, Chris Tyler. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Ah, classic. My, my line, of course, my favorite line from the entire Hellraiser franchise, we have such sights to show you. And I just spoiled the movie, but if you probably, you probably <laughs> can <could have> get <laughs> out from that anyway. <laughs> so uh, we are taking a look. Can't imagine what it is. <laughs> yes, can, cannot imagine. So set your way back machine all the way to 1987 uh. for our... VHS Horror rack Hanger On, we are taking a look at Clive Barker's Hellraiser, and uh, I guarantee if you're old enough to remember going to a video store, you are old enough to remember seeing the New World Video Hellraiser box uh, with uh, the kind of blue cover with the red Hellraiser text at the top. Uh, the yellow pull quotes I have seen the future of horror and his name is Clive Barker from Stephen King mm-hmm. and, and uh, Michael Williamton from the Los Angeles Times one of the mo- one of the more original and memorable horror films of the year a hideous treat for the hardcore and then of course he'll tear your soul apart with uh, Pinhead holding the lament configuration I uh, I've seen this VHS I've remember seeing it plenty of times back in the day always being a little freaked out by pinhead on there uh, oh, yeah. but this, this is one that, I think it's safe to say, breeds strong opinions amongst its viewers and its critics. So mm. uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. So why don't you guys take it? it uh, yeah, this is this is
2: another one that I probably saw way too young. Because how old was I in '87? Eight. So I probably saw this as soon as it was hitting regular rotation on cable. So probably at like 12, 13 years old. It's like this is really, really tawdry, and yeah. I like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I probably I probably would have been in cult like just in just in college when I saw I de- we de- I definitely saw it like on VHS. I definitely remember going to Blockbuster and getting it. And for nineteen eighty seven, this movie's intense. This movie's dark. Oh, gone- yeah. It like he's
0: intense it, for 2023. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, this yeah, but off. just as far
3: as like the like the like sort of SM, like I don't know, not, it's not really subtext to it. no but, like
2: this is not it, a subtextual, no, no, yeah.
3: no, this is pretty. This, this is, this is really like just it went further than than movies had b- before it, it reminded. Yeah, it reminded me of like Alan Moore comics and stuff like that, and which,
0: which is appropriate as Alan Moore cameos as the guy eating crickets in the uh, in the pet shop, right? I yeah. think
3: they I think they dressed him up to look like uh, like the the guy on the cover of the Jethro Tull Aqualung album. <laughs> well, what, what, what
0: else? he's yes. got like
3: the same outfit. It's.
0: What 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 you mean, Jimmy, uh heavy what, what, metal recording artist of the year, Jethro Tull, that one? Let's not let's not revisit that.
3: Or uh, as Jimmy Page referred to him uh their live album. Oh, did they put out a live album? They should call it Jethro Tull, Bore him at the Forum.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> oh
3: boy. Anyway.
0: What,
2: what 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 always blew my mind was seeing seeing see this movie because he. So like probably like right before high school, I actually the first exposure I had to Clive Barker was not this movie. It was his uh, all ages book, uh, The Thief of Always, which Mm. is a fucking amazing book. And knowing what we know about Clive Barker, you know, the rest of his oeuvre is, um, well, let's just say it's not child friendly. But it's like, Jesus, talk about a dichotomy in, in what you're writing. And and Thief of Always it definitely airs on the darker side of all ages slash children's literature. But it's, I mean, tonally, it's it's very different than his his other stuff. So it's, it, that was always just a big thing with me. You know, it was like, wait, I'm like watching the movie, I'm like, Clive Bart, you wrote the book that I read. This is not like that at all.
3: So. And and the idea of a of a writer getting a chance to direct their their yeah. own movie is usually like disaster. Like it, like it, now I love um, Stephen King. Um, what what the hell was it um, with the car with the trucks? Maximum Overdrive. Maximum overdrive. overdrive. I love Maximum Overdrive now, but it was like you know it was a just like he was just dragged through the mud for for that and well
2: Emilio kind of took that over because he was (laughs) king was so high on coke he couldn't do that
3: (laughs) and uh but boy oh boy this is a I think this is a this movie's a masterpiece I think it's the best like filmmaking like Clive Barker ever did it's it's a it's a show this to film students to show them how to like, you have no budget, so you trim all the fat, and but you're it's, still able to show everything in a in like right. communicate yeah. everything and, and have style to it.
2: Well, and that's set the set up your shot's
3: good, set up your I don't lighting. Think it anybody looks else, good.
2: I don't think anybody else could have directed this one because he Clive has such a clear vision in his head of what this story is and who the cottons are and who the um you know the the hell priests are, who the cenobites are it's like
3: it, i it's, think cronenberg could have done something with it like cronenberg would have gone as I far I,
0: yeah yes. see, i agree i agree with hero one of the great things one of the great things about hellraiser is that it is it is a it is a masterclass in show don't tell yeah. to the point yeah show fucking everything it shows everything and doesn't tell us hardly anything, and that's the point, right? Because we don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what the hell is going on, yep. right? Until Kirsty asks a couple of questions, Frank doesn't know what the fuck's going on, and uh, you know neither neither does Julia and Larry's fucking clueless, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, I that that alone, it's 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 such an amazing thing because you get a guy who is a, a writer, and if you ever read Barker, you know he is such a so great at the visual descriptions of what yeah. you're witnessing. Right. And he brings it all to the screen. And like you say, for no money for, for yeah. really nothing and here. All right. I mean, really you're talking about an too. estimated budget of, of $1 million. And that is also having to shoot in England where that, that money's not going as far, frankly, as it would, if they were shooting in the U S let alone shooting in like Bulgaria or something. Exactly. So, you know, the, the, it's, it, it, it it is such a visually enhanced, uh, entrancing movie that it's it's amazing that it came out of someone who is not by his by his normal, um, you know, work a sure. filmmaker. He's a writer, right? But he took it and ran with it and knocked it out of the park.
3: Every and- once in a while, there'll be a moment where it looks like it's like a like a little student filmy, you know, but for just a moment, you know, but like for coming out of the gate in making this movie it's so assured in like visual language that like it was only those little moments that would remind me and go like oh yeah this had zero budget this is this is a like a you, student you'd film. never
2: guess that though because like when they're doing the exterior shots it has that soft filter it looks yeah. like it's a, a you know it, it almost looks like an amicus picture from the 70s when they're doing the exterior shots and then the interior shots, I mean, you can feel the fucking dirt in that house. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's you y- can
3: it, smell that house. <laughs>
2: yep. And I know that you know there's some cheap tricks in there with you know the reverse photography and stuff like that. It's wonderful. But it's fucking amazing because it's real. Everything casts a shadow. Everything has weight. That puppet when Frank bursts up out of the floorboards, it's like yeah, it gets me yeah. every time.
3: And it, there, 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 there's parts of it where it would remind me of like an art student, you know, um, with some of the lit lit scenes, uh, with the red lights and stuff. But, um, the, the I mean, the scenes of him reconstituting are grueling, and they're yeah. and they're beautiful at the same time. Which and the make, I, in
2: the makeup when he's actually in the the full gear is like. That um, looks like, like a person who would be getting put back together from bones outward. Like,
3: If he it, came at you, all you'd have to do is throw some salt at him and he'd just be like, ee! Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: but, it, yeah, it, yeah. Every time I rewatch it, it never fails to amaze me how gooey this movie is. I mean, yeah. it is gooey <laughs> like for multiple reasons, not just for the gore.
3: Well, it reminds me of like a combination of like, David, like David Cronenberg and Sam Peckinpah, you know, just that Ooh. the grit of Sam Peckinpah and the just like Cronenberg doesn't care. He just will travel to the darkest edges of the psyche and show you the physical manifestations of it on screen and without a flinch, you know, and yeah. this and, and that's I mean, basically in a that
2: Cronenberg f- film, though, you oftentimes will feel for whoever's dealing with the body horror. I do not feel one goddamn bit of remorse for Frank Cotton, though. Oh no! He is, I mean, Frank, Frank and and Julia are—they are horrible, horrible people. Mm-hmm. They're worse well, than the Cenobites, man. Well, there's
3: some there's some drug metaphor there. You know, they're like a junkie couple. You know. Oh, it's
2: totally codependent.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's Harley and the Joker before Harley and the Joker.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's Harley... i mean. The daughter, I feel sorry. For, you know, I really wanted to feel sorry for poor Larry, but he's just such a clod. He's just a he's just an ass, and he's like he's like the the dad in every music video in the in the eighties, just like what Junior. It just like I could not feel bad for for poor Larry. I wanted to, like, but,
2: uh, and at the same time, but at the same time, like. It... Andrew Robinson's performance is great because he's got to play the dual roles. And I mean, anytime you see him pop up in anything, he always, he never half asses it, whatever he's doing.
3: Well, they like light him differently and everything. So his
2: eyes
3: eyes and nose look different when he's Frank, they, 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 his nose like come like when, when, when he's Larry, he's got like a, hundred percent like well not hundred percent like probably like 40 to 60 percent ted cruz vibe going to him maybe that's <laughs> you know and and frank is like frank is like you know just sort of like the the um marlon brando slash junkie you know nihilist artist looking kind of guy you know like on an opium binge and Kathmandu. yeah and that's uh, yeah
2: he's clearly been everywhere and experienced everything
3: their voices why... are completely different it's just yeah. it's 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 great i i i don't understand that yeah i don't understand why there just aren't more movies like this i, well, I the, there's only one little piece of fat in this movie and i think that's um the daughter's um boyfriend
0: yeah they could have cut, want, they cut him right up. out yeah and you know when he, when he when he air quotes up to the mic makes a save at the end he kind of bumbles that up yeah you
3: know? yeah he's, he's and i do love
0: that yeah, well, so they—they, they, um, you know, and it's Steve—is his name, right? Because that's the name of every boyfriend in the movie from the eighties. Steve, <laughs>
3: yeah, hey, um, Steve,
0: Steve. And So, so Steve shows up, and you know, the house is falling apart and all that. And I love this. He when when they when uh, Kirski has banished the four Cenobites back to their dimension, and they go to open the door, and they open the door, and the other, the big uh, doggy demon deal, the the yeah. two headed one is there. Okay, he goes to grab the Lament configuration. She like just like almost like slugs him. She yeah. just pushes him away. It's like you're useless, you know. Yeah,
3: she's just like, Yeah, yeah, let me let let me let me handle this. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. yeah exactly.
3: Ask. Like, but he was a he didn't he didn't do enough or have enough of an entertaining character to really you could have you could have cut you could've cut him out. He was just sort of yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's also a, kind a,
0: of weird that they're sleeping in the same bedroom, but in different beds.
3: In different beds. Well, that's a parent's think, house, But so. I think
0: that's part of the reason why
2: he's there. It, and I, I won't cop to this being an original idea, but uh, the guy that does collative learning on, on YouTube, Rob Agar, it's like he, he's the sexual threat for her. She's clearly virginal, and this yeah. whole movie is about tawdry sex shit. Yeah, and now you got your uncle coming. It's like it's just it's just plays into the theme of uncomfortability with physical intimacy, whether it's I'm
3: mm, I'm surprised they did not. I did not. I'm surprised that they did not toy with that with more with her be having a little you know the the vampire thing of her having being a little bit like. Succumbing a little bit, or you know, having being more of a threat of her, you know, maybe being, you know, uh, yeah. But you
2: know what? If she had tasted that kind of pleasure without the cenobites, then there's the temptation there that she would want to pick up the box. I think she needs to be completely unspoiled. Otherwise, then then they would be a you know, the Hellraiser and the re- the pinhead and the rest of them would be a bigger potential draw for her.
3: I, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't end it with her getting dragged down to hell at the end. You yeah, know, she gets there in the
4: second one. Yeah, yeah. that's that's, well, that's what Hellbound is. Okay, so if you ever watched Leviathan, uh, which is the uh, documentary about Hellraiser, and then there's the second half of it, which is Hellraiser Two, they talk about all that stuff, like literally, like why uh, it was never. I mean, um, so the Hellbound Heart, which is the uh, the novella, which is this this is what Hellraiser is based on um it's very it's got a bunch of different stuff in it than that's in the movie um some stuff matches up but some stuff is different um they never describe first of all no one has any names um by way of the the Cenobites. uh they're just the lead Cenobite, the female Cenobite. the like they don't have they don't have names like they eventually got names uh later on um but they talk about that how like like kirsty is supposed to uh represent the only pure thing in the movie, and there's all this like it's it's all just it's all in it's the way Clive Barker kind of is looking at it. And then when they talk about that stuff, it also has to go with the fact that, um, when it was designing the layouts, obviously for the Cenobites, they um they had a bunch of SM magazines that um someone on the set had a subscription to and lent them to the person designing the wardrobes, it was probably and, Clive. At, I, I'm I'm not here to say who, because uh, I can't uh, verify that it was Clive Barker. But um, they had a good run of them, and they were all used to design the outfits and stuff. And they wanted to make it push the envelope as far as they could. Now, um, with that being said, uh, uh, well, my well, Luke and my dad has always said that Hellraiser to him is one of the heart. He he watched it, it disgusted him. It was my. It's like a movie that like he immediately. I mean, he just, it was just absolutely disgusting and he couldn't get it
0: it. It, turned, it. it turned him off, I think is the best way yeah. to say it, right? He couldn't, it was, it was hard for my, it's always been hard for our dad to get into Hellraiser because it, the, the subject matter is so gruesome that he didn't, he never quite engaged with the story. And, I, and I've heard yep. that from other people too, that it's like, I, the first minute to this yeah. film, you have body horror, right? You get yep. the, the hooks flying into Frank's flesh. And that just, that, that, some people, that's like a switch, and they flip the switch, and they're like, "Nope, I'm out," you know. Well, it's
3: yeah. it's it's also like gore and blood, without it's not release. <laughs> you know, usually in a movie, like the gore is just sort of like it's a moment where, for people to scream and laugh and go and go like whoa and stuff. And here, there's a whole psychological aspect to it, and it's just intense. <laughs> you yeah. know, this isn't
2: it's, this isn't your Saturday night beer and pizza movie. This is. Yeah. You know, th- th- this is one of the ones you sit down, you know, with the, like The Exorcist and stuff of that ilk where it's like
3: a Cronenberg I genu- movie.
2: I genuinely want to be unsettled, you know. Like y- yeah, I, like I can't imagine a better triple feature than The Thing, this and The Exorcist because like by the end of those 6 hours you're just going to be like, "Well, fuck it, I need to be in daylight for
4: the next 24 hours
2: <laughs> and not be so, alone." <laughs> yeah.
4: So, so one of the things Dad always said is that cuz I always said that um he was like, oh, Hellraiser was so much. And I was like, no, no, you mean like Hellraiser 2, Hellbound? He's like, no, the original Hellraiser. I was like, yeah, but Hellbound is so much more intense, especially the unrated cut of Hellbound. Yeah. I like, it's just so much more intense. It's so much more graphic. It's so much more. He goes, yeah, but he goes, but by that point, he goes, I didn't enjoy the first one, which he didn't, uh, you know, because he didn't really enjoy it um, the way he likes horror movies kind of thing. And this is someone who tends to like Cronenberg movies and tends to like those kind of things. Uh, but it's fine. Again, it not I mean, not every movie hits with every single person. No. Um, but there's a lot of people, when we talked about um, Videodrome, there's people who, when they see Videodrome, just can't connect with it. And yet they like Cronenberg, The Fly, they like Scanners, they like uh, Rabbit, but they just could not connect with Videodrome. And that's it's, it's the S&M, it's the... the, the it takes the- you to a darker place. Yeah, it's just, but it, it's taking you to everything. All those movies take you someplace uncomfortable, but the problem is what that uncomfortable place is, is different. And Clive Barker, when you look at Barker's work in general, um, his most effective stuff, and again, some people might love Nightbreed more than they like you know, Hellraiser, but in all fairness, uh, the most effective parts of Nightbreed are the stuff that makes you very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, but there's just there's not as much of it in there though. That's the only problem. Like, the, Nightbreed is much more. I don't want to say it, a monster movie, but it has creatures and stuff. Yeah. But there's aspects that are uncomfortable, and that's what's most effective about that movie. Which is why, when you watch Hellraiser and Hellbound, um, in Hellraiser two, those two movies fit together. And yes, people will say Hellraiser three goes with it, and Hellraiser three is kind of silly, um, at times and whatever. But still, much better than most of the sequels. Because what you have in Hellraiser and then and then in Hellbound is the one; it's the whole story. It's just about the whole idea of what Charnard was doing and why these are like this. And then you start understanding more about who they, who the the, the are. And what Doug Bradley has always said, and um, he he said this many many times. He said he doesn't understand why anyone would like. Um, he said he goes pinhead does nothing redeemable nothing good and yet he has fan mail like you wouldn't believe and women love him and all this stuff and it's like well yeah because you push someone's buttons enough and some people when you push their buttons they say no thanks it's not for me and some people are like whoa I've never felt anything like that before. It's yeah. literally the story of the fucking movie. Yeah, like right. just playing out in real life. Like,
0: but I mean to, to a lesser Well, it's it's know. like it's like, well, what is what does Frank say? What does Frank say to, to Julia? It's like love, only real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it it it's it, it creates these strong feelings. That's why I said the way I said, it. it creates these strong feelings, but those strong feelings are not always the same feelings for everyone. Yeah. You right. know, it, it's 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 confrontational without being edgelord. It, it pushes boundaries without being, Hey, look at me, I'm pushing a boundary. Don't you want to talk about me? No, it does. It because it's like, Hey, this is, that's the other thing that I love about this. And the, one of the ongoing themes in everything I've ever read from Clive Barker is this hidden world that exists just in your blind spot that it's around you, but you just can't see it. When Kirstie's in the hospital, And the wall just opens up. There's another world right there. Yeah, that that, it's right there on the theme. This world exists, and now does that mean that the world of the Cenobites exists? Possibly, but this world of this like this this uh, this dark uh mix of pain and pleasure of people that seek out experiences and all these other things people like the cottons that world exists that cannot yeah. be denied so that right. it confronts us that like there's you know it's, it's kind of like the beginning of tales from the dark side right most of us live in the world of light but there exists another world a world of shadows and yeah. that's that's a lot of barker's stuff and that's what i think hellraiser does a really good job much yeah. more so than let's be honest something like lord of illusions which I I don't know I've watched that movie so many times trying to figure it out and I've read the book and tried to figure right. I still can't figure the movie out. <laughs> but but it, but it you know but in, in but you know the last again Cabal is the same way and sacrament is the same way that it's it's about this this other world that the average norms and normies don't and the normas and normans as we used to say back in Hawk World uh, don't uh, don't see. And so that, right. that's what also I think sets, I think that sets some people in a, down a, a line of thinking that it just turns them off. You yeah.
3: know?
4: Well, the other thing I, too, is when you, when you look, when you read the books of blood, right? Kind of thing, everything in mm-hmm. there is got that same underlying tone in it, like everything. And even yeah. when you get to like newer Barker stuff like Midnight Meat Train and stuff like that, it's all about, it's just right. It's just outside the, your field of vision. Yeah. You but it's just not there. But all of his stuff is like that. And that's when he's most effective. And again, not taking anything. The Thief always is an outstanding book. But when you when you read Barker, like five like, Barker, like his like grown-up stuff, right? And then you go back, because I read The Thief always after I had read Hellbound Heart and Books of Blood okay. and stuff like that. I read that after. And I'm reading this going, fuck, this is dark as shit. This is a kid's book? And again there's nothing in it. There is no there is no like you know people getting you know f- like their their guts you know uh you know turn into garters right? and that stuff like that. But, but like th- but the- yeah,
2: thematically it's a super the- dark it's like
4: series. Is, you know? is yeah. that like you're stealing children away to do- oh sorry spoiler alert for a fucking spoiler for a book that's like 40 year old you know, book. Yeah. 40 years old <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> This is one of the few horror movies that if I'm going to rewatch it I, I don't want anybody to know I'm watching it. Like, I don't want anybody in the house. Like, this yeah. is not one that I would have on while my wife is home or anything oh, yeah. like that. Because I mean, it, it is so sordid, and it's, it's not my, even like the gore. It's literally, it's
0: all the, it's it's all the, the kinky sex stuff. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I'll be honest. I, I So I have this on Blu-ray, right? I've got the double feature of Hellraiser and Hellbound on on Blu-ray. And I only got one Blu-ray player in the house, and that's in the living room. And um, it was like, okay, I'm not sure how I'm gonna watch this, so I had to find some way to watch it online, Uh, right? Because it's like I I, I own it, I don't want to pay for it again. It's not so so just just a heads up, uh, I'm gonna cross the streams a little bit because this is gonna sound like I'm talking like a comic book podcast. I found it for for to stream on Hoopla, really library app. So you know, you're you're demure librarian. You know running running the hoopla administration for your county your uh, city library. Yeah, they got some they got some Clive Barker working in there, too So I did so yes, I was in the same boat I had to watch it on the tablet because I was like I don't have any other way to watch this on disc Here in the house, and I don't have the first one on VHS. I have the second one on VHS So it's like I understand exactly what you're saying. It's one of those ones. It's like oh just throw this on Yeah, we'll have some friends over nope <laughs>
3: <laughs> I watched it pure VHS style. Well, not pure VHS style, but I watched uh, on archive.org, the sainted archive.org, oh, had, yes. Um had a, basically just one file of the first four Hellraisers on on VHS. And so I watched, I watched it, you know, with the FBI warning and everything, little warbles in it. It was great. Probably <laughs> like I originally watched it. The pie, nice. that's the only way i've seen hellraiser so far
0: for what it's worth the one on hoopla i think is probably um it looks like it's taken from a vhs source so it doesn't look particularly good so
3: yeah this one had a square that. screen it had a
1: <laughs>
3: you know so it was in tv aspect ratio so at least it wasn't a pan and scan but like yeah i was probably missing a bunch but it was probably exactly how i saw i <clears throat> i remember it having a darker ending but then I'm probably mixing it up with Hellraiser too. I'm probably mushing the two of them together. You it know, it has
2: a, it definitely has, a, it has an ending. I mean, Frank's story definitely, well, for the moment, comes to an end, and so does Kirsty's story. But it's, it still has that weird, what the fuck was that ending? And I don't know if that was put in just to be weird, or just to intimate that weird shit's always going to be out there. I mean, it works for me. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that's dumb, but I
3: don't know. Well, I thought it was, I, I thought the ending was perfect. I thought like the, the demon picks it up, take either takes it, somewhere back, else. takes it back to the guy who sold it at the beginning or is the guy who sold it at the beginning, <laughs> just goes back and sells it to somebody else. Yeah.
4: Well, okay. So that theme, the, 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 if I don't know how many Hellraisers you've seen or how many sequels and stuff I've seen all of them.
3: I've only um, seen the I, first two.
4: Unfortunately, I've seen them all. Yeah, um, but there's a later one. I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it is. it is. Is is it Hellseeker? You might remember, Luke. We watched it, and it's the one where um they bring Ashley Lawrence back, where she's back as Christy. Yeah, that's the one that with Hellseeker? the car accident. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. that is Hellseeker, I believe. Hellseeker. It, it, that's probably one of the better sequels. Actually, you know what sequels is really good is. Um, is it Inferno? Is that the one with the cops? Inferno.
0: Yeah. Yes. Inferno, in, of all the sequels, Inferno is the best one. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kirstie well, Cotton think, comes back yeah. in Hellseeker, which is from 2002. Yeah. But that one, that would, but, you know, so, it, yes, so that, that was the one. So go on with, I, before I tangent onto the sequels, I, I think you were making an actual point. So,
4: so, no, I was just saying it. So, like, they... So like when you watch i mean so hellraiser and hellraiser 2 basically are just one kind of giant movie if you think about it yeah. right but you start seeing like hellraiser 3 and then you start getting into inferno and bloodlines and bloodlines is the one in outer space i think and uh whatever kind of thing like it just gets kind of like where are we going what are we doing here and then we get to like eventually you know with the ones where they're just sticking pinhead in but when they did hell um hellseeker that literally is a sequel to these movies like they made a real sequel. That like was here's Christy. She's back. She understands how to fuck with these guys. Like she understands this shit, but yet she's not fully corrupted. But she's not pure anymore. And she does have an evil streak and she does use it to her advantage. But like she's not at like she's not completely been corrupted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they, they understood they had to come back to it because the, the sequels, as I'm sure Luke will, you know, can speak more about this stuff too, they just started going crazy. Literally, there's some sequels where you're 45 fucking minutes in and there ain't a, a centibyte there yet. Like, is this a Hellraiser movie? Or just some shitty whatever movie? And then all of a sudden, you, you get like, you know, there's Doug Bradley wearing the makeup and he just says something and then he's gone. It's like literally the MTV Music Awards where he was with uh, where Christy, um, with, uh, Cindy Crawford. with used Crawford.
0: for... Well, he's with David Spade.
4: Yeah, right. That's more of a of, of a Hellraiser sequel than some of the Hellraiser sequels for crying out loud. <laughs> and they didn't yeah. even have the issue with Cindy Crawford in the co- cover of Rolling Stone, which, by the way, no. I had a picture we bought that. That, <laughs> that was that was a very big selling issue. If that, yes, dating that's dating themselves a lot there. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Luke, you were saying about the sequel. Yeah. Then. Well,
0: you know, and that's and, well, and that's the thing with with the sequels is that if like anything. You, you know the sequels start eventually just just watering down the initial concept. It, it's I think it's more noticeable <laughs> with Hellraiser because the you get so far away from what the what what is presented here and in in Hellbound in, in a lot of the sequels, right? And even if they're good movies, like I said, I like Inferno, like we said, but it's like okay, so Inferno spoilers again for a 23 year old movie. You know the detective does all these. Um, does he all these awful things because he's super corrupt while he's investigating all these murders that look like it's some kind of ritual and he finds the, the the lament configuration and all the clues he finds is that he's the one that killed all these people right that he's doing all this and so it's, it's a, a swerve bro yeah it's a swerve bro. And though at the uh, so what but at, and, and then you swerve him again bro because at the end you know he wakes up and it's pinhead saying oh by the way this is your personal hell and, and let's start that whole thing over again it's like that works if that's Satan that doesn't work necessarily for pinhead because what yeah, is what's he's the experience to be here, and right? pleasure? Right. So, but, but I mean, and Thorne does because he's corrupt. So he gets, you know, he, he takes care of business, that kind of thing. Right. But it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a variation on the theme that when you kind of, you kind of have to squint to look at it, even if it's a pretty good movie in its own right. Right. You know, so Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say,
4: but like exactly like you said, Inferno was never a Hellraiser movie until, because it was a movie right. that Dimensional owned and they said, wait, we, we can make it with the devil. Like, what if we just put Pinhead in this, and we can make it a Hellraiser movie? And I was like, "Oh, really?" That's what. And, and they started shoehorning them in. And that one's better, I think. I think overall, the movie Inferno is a better movie. If you just called it Inferno, it you know people might have might have liked it more. Um, but once you said it was called Hellraiser Inferno, people are like, it, they immediately had this idea of what needs to be in there, you know. So it's kind of like the yeah, Hollywood. But it also
0: meant also meant that a lot more people saw it. Yes, 100%. You know, because it was called Hellraiser Inferno then. So I can't argue this that. of art and commerce again.
3: Well, you well, know. It we, would also have been a pretty it neat. It would have been a unique movie experience if they didn't put Hellraiser in it and didn't mention Hellraiser in it and you're just like, whatever, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie or whatever, however long it takes for Pinhead to show up and be like, wait, what? Pinhead?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be it'd be like that that uh, what was that the Muppet movie where they advertised they they didn't advertise any Muppets in it until like halfway through the commercial like wait a minute what, is Muppets in this movie? You should the always leave the one with Muppets. that big that that uh, that guy with the really big head from uh, I Love You Man whatever his name is, um, but
4: uh, so his Inferno is ninety nine minutes long and I think it takes ninety minutes for Pinnet to show up so
0: if, yeah yeah that, and that's that's not counting the credits right so. Um, I'm just saying there there are some kind of like, well, it's kind of like one of the that was one of the drafts, right? That was one of the drafts for Freddy versus Jason, wasn't it? That at yeah. the end they were going to be they were going to just be fighting and charging at each other and all the chains were going to fly out and pull them apart and Pinhead was going to show up and say, "Gentlemen, what is the problem here?" <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> i I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay? I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot, boys. That would have been fantastic and fucking awful at the exact yeah. same time.
3: That, it would have rocked a movie theater. It would have rocked a, movie, a crowded yeah. movie, crowded, wound up movie theater. It would have been just like, it would have been a little polarizing, but what the fuck with the, these kinds of movies? What the fuck? Why not?
4: It, it would have given the exact same reaction people had at the end of Jason Goes to Hell after sitting through the whole movie because Jason Goes to Hell is not a, not a good movie. No, right? it is not, no. He no, it is said, not. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Like it literally. It makes it makes Roy being the killer even tolerable compared to that bullshit.
2: Oh, but, I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch part five way more. Yeah. Way more times than I'll watch.
4: Goes <laughs> to hell. No, so, goes to hell has the best. Oh, one of the best openings of all time, and then yes. nothing, and then literally has the one of the best stingers ever in a movie. When when Kane Hodder, Jason Voorhees, p- playing Freddy Krueger with the glove on. Reaches out and pulls Jay, the Jason mask in. It's simple. It's It sets up like it, it, people pop so hard for that scene that they're like, oh, my God, that was the best. And you ask people, wait, you like that movie? They go, but the end. And it's like, "But you want what about the rest of the movie? They go, I, I don't know. I don't remember the movie because the movie is garbage. But what I'm saying is that pop at the end. That became the thing that people talked about. Holy shit, Freddy Krueger's in it. Holy, like, Freddy Krueger's in it. People are like, oh, fuck. There's no fucking Freddy Krueger in the whole movie. It's just a glove at the end pulling the mask down. If you had, and we could do literally an entire podcast, a whole series of podcasts, just on the unmade Jason vs. Freddy theories and scripts and stuff, because it literally, it is, that section of the documentary um, of um, both, um, Never Sleep Again and um, Crystal Lake Memories literally is almost as long as most documentaries. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the idea that having that all happen, like, and, and they, they're fighting and the chains come up and there's Pinhead, people would have like lost their shit. But it's the same idea, though, <laughs> as you would have had if they had gone with the, well, wait, can we get Ash? And they're like, yeah. "What do you mean?" And they were gonna have Ash be the ultimate person to fight them both, and which became a comic book, or a series of comic books. Yeah, right. And
0: the, com- and the comic is quite good. They're entertaining, yeah. and it's what it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, what I'm saying is, but the, the thing is, with like, and the other one was, we were like, well, what if, what if we were able to get Michael Myers? Like, like they people were just throwing every fucking thing in the world at this thing, including. The, the Fred heads and the trial day, they're going to put Jason, Jason he's on trial
2: God I remember reading those oh. treatments when they were dropping on the internet yeah. back in the day
4: oh god see anybody who says Jason X is garbage oh my god like go read some of the things that didn't happen for Jason vs. Freddy and then you can come back and say well Jason X wasn't that bad then Jason
0: X is a fun Jason, Jason like- X is not that bad on it on its own right we covered it here on this very yeah. podcast, and it's pretty darn, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable party film. You gotta kind of take it with the with the right uh, right mindset. Probably one of the now, ones I've watched the most movie. other than Six. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I will say this. In, in the interest of fairness, in the interest of complete fairness, a movie that is not a party film is a movie called Hellraiser from 19... 19- eighty seven. Well, so I
2: mean, the it is a party film for some people. I
3: mean I was just gonna say there's a percentage of the population where this is a party film. They're, they're, I don't want to
2: associate gonna, with those people. Everybody you, free, feel free, free they to, do you. They started, to do you. I don't need to get involved.
0: They get it started up in here. The thing, you know, Jay, you made mention about um <laughs> Doug Jones talking about how or Doug Bradley excuse <laughs> me talking about how um you know he didn't understand why people identified with Pinhead. One of the things that I've always thought was very intriguing about the character of pinhead is that of all the horror icons of the 70s 80s and 90s pinhead is he's like the most lucid right he's he's the most literate because he's played by an englishman but (laughs) he he also he has a certain he has a certain ambiguity of morality right he's completely disinterested in the affairs of mortals they're, him and his elk are only interested in their own. But what they're doing? They are explorers, right, as they call themselves. So they they have this almost clinical detachment that none of the like we watched that I think it was on Shudder. There was a series of documentaries of making the monster. I think is what it was yep. called. Where they did, um, really good series if you get a chance to watch it. They did one on the Shape. They did Jason Voorhees. They did the Candyman, Chucky, um, and they did uh, Freddy Krueger and Pinhead. And that's one of the things I always liked about Pinhead is that there's not – yes, they are literally ripping people apart, but he's not malicious. It's yeah, not, he's not going like, to mess with you unless you go looking for him. Right. He, I mean, and to the point that he says that to Kirsty, who he says, this is not for your eyes, yeah, right? So he's almost showing – not again, it's not even a quality of mercy. It's a quality of disinterest. It's like this doesn't concern you. This is between us and Frank, right? Because they're going to turn on her in like, you know, two minutes anyway. So yeah. I, I always liked that compared to, I mean, you look at, I mean Freddy Krueger is not only malicious he's and malevolent he's gleeful about it he's having a ball terrorizing these kids Chucky is the same way you know the shape as uh, as I've talked about many times has no personality at all so there's no question of morality because he has no personality he's an empty shell Pinhead's not an empty shell but he is he's not even immoral he is amoral and it's a very it, it it's a very I think literary sort of concept to have a villain who really is not interested in the heroes in any yeah, he's, way. Has his he's own... like a
3: Roman emperor. He's just experienced so much of his pain and pleasure that he's not, it, nothing is going to be of any importance to him uh, than something that can give him a, a new, you know, yeah. new bit, bit of jolly.
0: Well, you know, when you've been around, what is it? You, you, when you fight so many battles, you find there are no more, no, no more lands to conquer. Right. Yeah. So, whereas I mean, honestly, in this film, the female Cenobite is a little bit more malicious, I yeah. think, because she's like, you know, she did the when she says to Kirstie, she's like, well, perhaps we 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 prefer you more, right?" So she's kind of taunting her, whereas Pinhead doesn't. Like I said, he he states facts. Like Jay, you said the line, "You opened the box, we came," right? It's these are these are factual statements. Yeah, you know, there's nothing he says that's. You know, we, what are we? we are? We are angels to some, devils, demons to others. So it's like, okay, he's he's telling you the truth, right? <laughs> so there's yeah. something to that. <laughs> it's well, it's
4: do, the they, truth you don't want to necessarily look at, you right. know? It's, it's a, you may not want to face or even, you know, identify as truth. You might want to pretend like it's not, but he's not, he's not pulling punches. He's not telling you something that, you know, he's not lying to you to have you do something. I mean, the whole point is, he says, he flat out says to them at, at the end, like, that was not the deal, like, kind of thing. Like, like yeah. he, he, he's there and he's like, You said you're going to provide us Frank, and they need Frank to admit what he did. And that's what happens. He admits it. But then they're like, Well, you know, you did open the box. You did open the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, th- thanks for bringing him back, but you still didn't pay your end of things. And that's what the great, great things, too. I mean, uh, so we look at, like, some of our, our um, you know, our final girls, quote-unquote, you know, kind of thing. Um, obviously, we've, we've got, you know, we've got Nancy, and we've got, you know, um, like, all the several different ones in the, in the Friday the 13th and stuff like that. Now, obviously, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Timely Curtis, obviously, uh, is probably the most famous one of all of them. Um, but the idea here is, you know, Christy, you know, Kirstie is, like, that's the final girl. Like she's dude, not only, she, not only is she the final girl here, but like she outsmarts people who literally their job is to outsmart you. Like that's their whole thing. <laughs> and you know, like she's able to re-trap them in hell or, you know, kind of thing or, you know, wherever dimension they're from. Right. Kind of thing. It's like, that's amazing. Like it wasn't her physical strength. It wasn't that, you know, she was able to, she just realized she understands how to close the, but she understands the box. Now she understands how to close it. That's why when you watch part two, it kind of goes much further into it. And the weird shit just starts, the weird shit in this movie's there, but the real weird shit starts happening in part two. And then you're like, oh, okay. What the fuck? Like, I mean, I'm just saying, it. if you've never seen what Dr. Chenard looks like, you're missing a guy. Like he's he's a guy with a thing carrying him around, you know, kind of thing. So um, it's, it's just, it's it's like i said it it presses it it goes to areas you don't necessarily want to go to it pushes your buttons more than you want them to it's literally the same kind of stuff you would get from barker in other places but this was first for most people this was their introduction to Clive Barker i mean the reality is that like the, you know he had he had written stuff but a lot of people hadn't read hadn't read it you know this isn't stephen king this was i mean clive barker has never been and, and I don't mean this to be, you know, mean or anyway, but he's never been Stephen King. Even King right. sells a lot of mer- books and merchandise and whatever. Stephen King has sold more books. Like one of his, one of his bestsellers has probably sold more copies than honestly, most stuff that Barker's written.
3: Because yeah, Barker Bark- probably went the reverse of Stephen King where like, he probably sold more books after he started making a couple movies yeah. you know
4: oh, yeah. there's so sales of the hellbound the the hellbound heart um went after after hellraiser came out and became such a i mean hellraiser was something else like that's yeah. the whole thing remember hellraiser was well, it had
3: to make so much money since it only cost a million dollars you know yeah.
4: <laughs> Well, but, I'm, but it's not even just that but i'm saying but it's like it was just it was something it, you had never seen things like this it's like remember when reanimator came out and people yeah. were like what fuck is that like what is that I, kind of thing because it was just nuts and reanimator is just an absolute nut job of a movie kind of thing but you know stewart Gordon. um so uh you know kind of thing so he'll be like what is going on but when hellraiser came out people like the word of mouth on hellraiser because we read i mean dad used to get cine fantastique and they talked about hellraiser in there um not much not nearly as much as like star trek and stuff like that but they talked about it there saying this thing well, pushes- you
0: gotta, well to be in the now in the interest of fairness this is this coming out in 1987, this is the mm-hmm. same year that Star Trek The Next Generation starts. So they were actually talking a lot more about genre film than genre television by this point. So
4: I, I agree. What I'm saying is, but like eventually it was a like Star Trek episode. Another Star Trek magazine. It's like, come on, talk about it. But they did talk about Hellraiser in there. Um, and that's the thing. But it wasn't like the cover story. It wasn't like, you know, like they weren't pushing it hard. Fangoria, yeah. But that's Fangoria. Right, that's literally what they did, you know. They were looking for the the blood. This is the
3: kind of movie Fangoria is just waiting for, you know.
4: But you know the thing is though, but like with Fangoria, they they I guarantee you, their sales were always higher when you had a new Friday the Thirteenth on the cover than Hellraiser, because Friday the Thirteenth is a I I say it's 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 popcorn horror. It's it's horror that's accessible to everybody. I you know.
3: Pinhead. If you've never seen Pinhead before, like Pinhead on the cover of a magazine in 1987, was probably pretty, what? pretty enticing.
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, again, I'm not sure. What was, uh, what was, what, what was the other like, like not, was Starlog was the other one, right? Um, Starlog, Starlog,
3: yeah.
4: Was that still around in 80? Still around 87, right?
3: Oh sure, yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I'm sure they talked about it at some point too uh the hellraiser fangoria i'm gonna try to see if they were on the cover um yeah no no they were there was they were on the cover and down So the whole bunch of on the cover this is the new stuff this is the and look at these are the new ones They're looking for an old one yeah it's later on because i'm already looking at yeah it's hellraiser 2 made the cover it would literally was on the cover and what else did i cover with it but there's freddie they oh They got. they show you the, 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 what do you call it? Coming out of Freddy's chest on the cover, too. So, okay, you ready? Here's the cover for when Hellraiser 2 came out. Here we go. It's got Nightmare 4, Cronenberg's Dead Ringers, Carpenters, They Live, Ooh. The Blob, and it's got Waxworks. Oh, boy, that's, yeah,
0: that, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of good stuff. We have, in fact, covered on this very podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally, like, I, Dad and I covered The Blob, Dad and I covered They Live. We covered Waxworks here. We covered Waxworks. We covered, Waxworks. We covered Lid. We covered. I mean, we're we co- we covered Nightmare Four. You know, so Dead also, Ringers not
3: really a horror movie. Yes, it although pretty that could be, intense. you could argue it into a horror movie, but it's like, yeah, psychological. Yeah,
4: just I'm just yeah. saying. Uh, issue yeah. number seventy-eight of Fangoria, pretty much on, and it says Halloween movie countdown as well. Uh, screen previews. Wow. And then uh Pinhead is on the cover. Hellraiser three made the cover. So I don't I don't know if Hellraiser itself made the cover. Um, but be as it may, like they always said they sold more magazine cover. If they had Freddy or Jason or whatever, any of those franchises on the cover, they sold so many more because that's what people wanted. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Phantasm, those kind of things, all those things, you know, when they when they were on the cover, when they were there. You know, people bought them. So, read
2: the book.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's what done, Time Man. Life
2: should come back and do. They should do a whole just series of our little little thin hardbound books. Put on your shelf and you get one a month.
4: It'd be great. Hey, has anyone read a book on it, like a real book, like a Time Life book?
0: <laughs> Time Life.
4: That's a that's a great movie. I love from Dusk
0: Till Dawn. So you know, does come, it does come <laughs> up. Well, <laughs> that was the best. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, to me, it's like at this point, you know, I, I'm not sure how much more we can sell you on on Hellraiser if you haven't already bought into it at this point. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it, it's a classic of of the genre. It's a classic of its era. It is it, it has launched a you know one of the most successful franchises of our lifetimes. For Forty you know, years now. Your, almost. I mean, whether yeah, I mean, whether you again, whether you you like the. Uh, the franchise or not, it's still relevant. I mean, there was a reboot literally last year, you know. It's so too bad. There's, it's, well, again, what, <laughs> what I'm saying is that, again, quality notwithstanding, it's still relevant is what I'm saying. Yeah. So if, 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 the, if the concept of the Cenobites is yeah. oh. still relevant... They, some, they had a whole you know,
3: Rick and Morty episode with the Cenobites, some sort of, you know, basically it was the Cenobites, but they they fed off cringe.
2: Yeah. Okay, even, so the, like even the, the venture brothers show, did their God, okay, of
3: it. Yes. Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: yeah yeah well but, what i'm
4: saying it's so that that so that so but i said the new hellraiser sorry look the new hellraiser the one that that was on hulu and stuff like that the that yeah. is not bad but it's certainly not it's not this it's not yeah. it's not usually you know like like it's 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 not hellraiser it's not hellbound and but it's better than a lot of the sequels yeah and for some people that's that that kind of was like oh well, this is free. I'll watch this, and maybe again, if you're younger, that's your hell where You like to watch this. You're like, well, I'll go check out that original Hellraiser, because if you watch that one and then you go back to this one, you ain't ready for this one.
0: Well, because that, and that, that's oh. and that's what I'm saying. You know, is that if if the concept of the Cenobites is still viable and uh, relevant and meaningful now, 35 years after the original, there's always going to be think... creepy scumbags out there, man. Absolutely, <laughs> and I think I think that that speaks to the the staying power of this original film, and that that if and nothing else should be a uh, an invitation to go watch it, because if it's if they're still making sequels and reboots to it 35 years later, there must be something of value in that film, yeah. right? Even yep. you know we we talked about this with with Nightmare and Friday Thirteenth. It's like you can call you can call us the Friday sequels just derivative mindless trash if you're so inclined but they're still out there making money so there must be something in that concept that is worth uh viewing that original film for right so yeah. I, I think that just well, goes at, the, I at, at the end of the day days.
2: all those all the big time slash at the end of the day they're all just 10 little indians or and then there was one so like that's a trope that is always going to work same with the yeah. you know uh most dangerous game you can rework those premises a million times and make it a thriller or an action movie or a horror movie, and it's going to work.
0: So, I, But the anytime, anytime someone says the most dangerous game, I think of Rainier Wolf Castle. I shall now haunt the most dangerous game,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Upon fuzz inspection, these are loafers. These are loafers. <laughs> it's one of the best bits ever,
2: man. <laughs> see this is what happens we talk about a super intense movie like hellraiser and and people you know your own tolerances like if you have if peeling flesh and serious viscera or super tawdry kinky sex stuff is gonna turn you off it's probably not the flick for you like i'm all in favor of exploring your movie boundaries but everybody like you guys all know your limits like it, it, this is not don't watch this with kids in the house don't oh even watch gosh. it with your fucking spouse in the house right no uh, you know even if she's a big titty goth girl like it, it ain't going to fly um it's yeah it's
3: or maybe just, it will
2: uh,
0: yeah well that, this is what well, it, to really, find it out. really depends i think on the on the variety of of big titty goth girlfriend right i mean that's the uh I, you know, I, I saw a thing that so, somebody was complaining, saying, like, you know, Hollywood basically programmed us to all, you know, have a thing for big-titted goth, goth girls because of all these animated characters. And I said, hmm, if only there was one character that was a goth. That had huge boobs that everybody loved because she was super fun and super funny. If only there oh, was one person like that. <laughs> Tip of my tongue. Can't think of it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, we don't need to be
2: programmed to like big titties.
0: No, but the, the god combination, right? Well, but just the hot. Uh, uh, that's just hot. Well, I mean, because Elvira's hot, but that's neither. Elvira, to that.
2: you know, Lily Munster.
0: Vampira.
4: Yeah, right pirate. yeah i'm saying it's, it's, just... it's not, yeah
0: there's enough you know, of it you know what i love about lily monster lily Munster is played by yvonne de carlo okay every year at easter we watch the 10 commandments and yvonne de carlo that's moses's wife that's like the most chaste girl in that friggin movie and baxter's out there on blu-ray oh, oh boy that outfit that Nefertiti is wearing it's not it's not fooling around okay yeah, but baby. uh but that that see-through blue green number watch it on blu-ray is all i'm saying it'll give you same a, with logan's run watch logan's yeah. run on blu-ray it'll give you a whole new appreciation for <laughs> what <laughs> i mean for model what MC's the third was doing right why he wanted oh to, God. to see so much but in any event so but she goes from playing lily munster right because lily munster was like she was like low-key hot right because she was the housewife she wasn't like the vamp like morticia adams she was like the hot, you know, mom down the street, right? But she's also a vampire. And then you go to Ten Commandments and she's, like, super chaste, you know, and, hey, my, my husband's going to free the Jews from slavery and all that, right? So it's just kind of, you know, it's almost as if she's an actress who can play different roles or something, right? You oh, know?
4: My God. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that That's the Lost Monsters episode where she's like, we got to have a yeah. uh, husband, Herman, Herman free the Jews!
0: You like, just- that's... <laughs>
2: Alright,
0: somebody needs to deep fake the monsters uh, in uh, the Commandments. Oh, yeah. So Pharaoh, let my people go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hysterical. Uh, can you throw my throw my staff to the ground and behold my mighty hand? Okay. <laughs> it work. Pharaoh's not gonna go for it.
3: <laughs> M- Monsters go home to the promised land. <laughs> oh,
2: God, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: that would be the
0: crossover event of all time. Like, just, just could in you? It's, it's, oh, oh my God, we're all going to hell. They make,
2: they make. They, well, maybe it won't be hell. Maybe it'll just be where the <laughs> yeah, Cenobites are.
3: Now
0: we we I'm, mean, just, thinking about the, now I'm just thinking about. the Zombie's probably
3: a, about ready to do it. I'm thinking
2: about a <laughs> daring escape in the Dragula Now at the end of this version of the Ten Commandments.
3: Just hey, does like, anybody? Uh, Checked out Barbarella on on Blu-ray yet? That one must be pretty mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. Cool. Yeah, that's
0: pretty Blu-ray good, Blu-ray yeah.
3: Be. I guess it, yeah. But you're still see, circling
2: the... around to the kinky sex stuff. All right, see, we sometimes we can't stay on point. No, no, well, Jay, Jay, yeah, but trust guys, me, F- trust F- me.
3: My grandfather had HBO when they showed Barbarella all the time, and it was PG. Yeah. And and or, I watched that movie about eight thousand million times, and I can tell you, if, you got, if 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 you're if you're if you're paying attention, that movie is just good. yeah, the Blu-ray I, will. No, I got it. I
4: got it. I'm just saying, is it's like, like you know, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's other things out there, and Barbra is not exactly one of the movies. <laughs>
0: Um, I know. I, I
3: just jumped into my. Yeah. Ha- I was just like, I yeah. need to check out Barbarella in Blu-ray because well, I know, you know all the, the places. I know all the places to look, guys.
0: Look, I mean, the thing is, is that you know we've I been talking about. I can be your about...
3: tour guide through the Blu-ray of Barbarella. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> you
0: know, we we've been talking about all this, you know, and 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 Hero, you've used the term tawdry sex stuff, right? So here we are in 2023. How was no one made a and and Hero, write this down, okay? This will be a Kickstarter. We're gonna I'm make writing. a Hellraiser movie, okay? Yeah. But the way that the uh, the the main character ends up stumbling into this world is because he's really into really kinky hardcore online pornography, okay. right? And yeah. so that leads him down this line of because what do they yeah. say, right? If, if you he, can, solves you the yeah, he solves a puzzle on the dark web. Yeah, solves a puzzle on a on the dark web. They have that. And it's like you know, it's like no, I know they ha- I know they have one that involves like an MMORG, but that's but that is uh, debtor, I believe is um no that's hell world hell world has the one where it's an mmorpg but in that one like uh, hell race is a thing in the like it, it's like it's a fictional thing in the real world in that one right? right so this one it's like no this is this is actually in universe right but it's like something in that that's what mm-hmm. takes it it's like cyber centibytes, right i mean bring back cd right from the third one yeah <laughs> yeah but But the thing is, but
4: well, Henry uh, will in it, like, so Superman is in uh, Hell World.
0: I'm just saying. You know who else is? Yeah. Well, you know who else is in, uh, is in, is, but you know who's in Hell on Earth is Jadzia Dax from Deep Space Nine. So, you know. Oh, shit. That's right. So
3: Superman cried? Yeah. (laughs) Or Superman wept? Superman
0: wept.
2: Yes. Well, he is a, he is a Jesus or a Moses allegory. So
4: there you go. Yeah, but you, but, you but know it's not up. not very much of Doug Bradley. He got paid, but he went in there very much.
0: Yeah, he got he got his bank on. Yeah, Lance, Lance Henriksen is also in uh, in Hell World, so you he know, know what it's about,
3: good. Lance,
0: <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> he's the fucking villain in
4: the movie. You know, Pinhead just kind of like what? Oh, I, oh Lance Henriksen
0: plays him? a villain. What are you Get even? The fuck t- what are you even talking about?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's. funny. Yeah, I'm, well. And it does have the amazing what? line of "Welcome, welcome to hell." It's like okay, like we're on the nose, but we're good. That would be like the tall man, you know, saying, "You know, whatever." I mean, just well, no, he's I'm trying to think. Does he even like like let's get small or whatever the hell we would say? I don't know to the people because. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's get small. I've got a crush
2: on you. Oh, that would be really <laughs> bad. If, well, that, a, I was going to say deliver that line.
0: Is it like Steve, like Steve Martin playing the tall man? Everybody getting small, you know? We're getting real small. Yeah, they give you a balloon, and if you get inside the balloon, they know you're small. But no, <laughs> you're small. Yep. Anyway, so all right, okay. So real quick,
4: uh, if you want to see Hellraiser, it's available in many different ways. It's uh, usually it's on uh, Prime Video and stuff like that. Shutter, of course, will have it. Um, especially during October. They always bring this one back, um, but it's usually available on there. Uh, what I have, because uh, I had bought the Blu-ray that came out, the single disc, bare bones, Blu-ray in America. You can get that for like 8 $9. It's no big deal. But if you actually want to spend some money um, on something that's worth getting, I would get the Arrow releases because why not Hellraiser, uh, both Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2, um
2: that dvd two-pack is that when that first dropped with all the bonus features and the uncut versions that's the one i'm still rocking
1: okay
4: but i'm saying for people looking to get the um so the the arrow release of it uh has has leviathan on it and the arrow release of um of hellraiser 2 has the other half of leviathan on it right that's the thing and and they are there's nothing left that they could put out anywhere that's not on these things besides also being the um, restored versions and all the stuff. It's a 2k restoration. Um, It has uh, the Leviathan, the story of Hellraiser It has the soundtrack stuff. It has all the different, everything, everything they could possibly have is on there. And then Hellraiser two, Hellbound or Hellbound Hellraiser two has the other, all the other stuff that goes with that movie. But again, Somebody who is a phys- I'm a physical media guy, um, as most people obviously know. Uh, to me, if I'm going to spend money on something, a t- 2K restoration, this it literally cannot look any better because it was filmed like you know how it was filmed. But um, yeah, well, worked.
3: and and for people who really like are like want to torture themselves even more, you can go to archive.org and watch it in the lowest phi <laughs> <possible.
4: laughs> <laughs> This is true. That's, but that's a different kind of like experience watching it, like
3: blow when, it up, blow yeah. it up on your 120 inch screen and, and just cringe all the way through it. The it blobs it's, around it's good
0: times. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that the thing about the thing about Hellraiser is that I think because it's an English film, there's been so many releases of this thing on so many different formats. I've seen there's, there's like four different VHSs there's at least a handful of like budget DVD releases, like bare bones ones. And I know two and three got a couple of bare bones DVD releases too, because I remember seeing three in like the cheapy bins for years and years. Like before, even like before, like my wife and I were married, I remember seeing that one. Uh, so, and and of course, like I said, there's, there's a couple of different um, double features with, with, uh, with Hellbound. Uh, there's that double feature Blu-ray, which is the one I have. There's a, a, the one uh, Hero's talking about. I've seen that one too. Of course, the Arrow stuff from, that Jay was talking about. So there's a lot of different ways out there. So the other thing is, is that if you're out shopping, like your used bookstores your flea markets, you may just find a copy, right? Yep. And So you may just find one for like a buck anyway. And it's like, you know what, grab it, right? And then you can just you know start your own little Hellraiser collection. The other thing is that since… You know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not a spiritualist. I can't read the future, but I'm willing to bet, except possibly Hellbound, we are not going to be covering the other sequels. But if you are interested in the other sequels, the, there's a Paramount, I think, put out, it's like the Miramax collection box yep. it's of the, it is, it, it is, it is six movies. I think I got it for 10 bucks at Walmart. Okay. So it covers hell on earth. Bloodline, Inferno, Hellseeker, Debtor, and Hellworld, which are all the ones that, again, air quotes up to the mic, are the real sequels to Hellraiser because the one that comes after Hellworld is Revelations, which is the one that the Weinsteins shot so they wouldn't have to t- put the property into turnaround, okay? So the other ones are like I- the actual movies, okay? So if you want that, you have, so, so I have my Blu-ray double feature and then that disc and I've got all the Hellraiser movies I want. Right there, right. So, that if you're interested at all in the sequels, that's usually your best bet than trying to buy them individually or anything. I mean, I think the cost of buying just one of them is going to be the same as buying all six of them, right? <laughs> Even if you only ever watch one of them, you're ahead, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: if you don't like the movie? You can use the disc as a coaster.
4: Yeah, for the they're also see, good for opening boxes, you know. Yes. For those of you want to see *Leviathan*, uh, which is the documentary, that's available in several different ways. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's, try I remember how because I I mean I saw it before. How did I see Leviathan before then? Leviathan often will show up on um, Prime Video. It'll often show up on um, on um, uh, fuck Shutter. Shutter. Uh, yeah, kind of think about it. Um, but like that's a great if you've never. Fantastic documentary. Like right yep. if, if you're willing to sit through a documentary, because again, it's not boring. But some people are like it's not a movie. It's like I know, but it's a really fucking good documentary, right? It's outstanding. It is so in depth and so good. It's it reminds me of um, Crystal Lake Memories and um, obviously Never Sleep Again. Like it's it's just so good. It's so well worth your time. You're like, but it's like two hours. Like yeah, the next one's two hours, and it's well worth watching um the other thing is uh was oh, crap i just went out of my brain i uh, it'll come back to me um but yeah that's well worth it and again oh, oh i know um in search of darkness uh obviously one two and three those are available too if you go watch them they cover it talk about hellraiser they talk about hellraiser too, like it's in there kind of thing and and you you should hear people they, they talk about these things just like it's was part of what created 80s horror right kind of thing and then eventually. Uh, um what do you call By um you know into the 90s stuff so but anyway '90s. Sorry. Well, with yeah, your, yeah. yeah no <laughs> well okay but all stuff later in the '90s, but well worth your time if you like luke said you could probably find a copy you know at a used bookstore
0: uh you know kind of thing just like hey kind of, <laughs> who put this here huh? yeah <laughs> local goodwill <laughs> yeah, goodwill's another one. Yeah, although I will, in my experience at the Goodwill and the thrift stores around here, the horror stuff gets snapped up because people horror yeah. hounds. Horror hounds are are a weird breed, and they I don't are, know where to go them. look. But the thing is, is that they are they are the ones that I think that some horror hounds fit the, the both descriptions equally. They're gonna go pre order that arrow. Box set when the new th- the new thing for the their franchise comes out, but they're also gonna begat that goodwill, probably buying clothes for to wear, and they're gonna go peruse through the movies and they're gonna snatch up any horror stuff that they find, right? So,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, well yeah. worth your time. Check it out. And again, it's 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 not for everyone. Like, we cannot say that this is truly not for everyone, and it's not popcorn horror. But if you can stomach it, it's you will in and, and you enjoy movies you will be able to you'll get something out of this that maybe people who just kind of look at the surface area didn't didn't don't get and i'm not saying you're going to enjoy it but there's movies i've watched that i don't necessarily want to watch ever again that i get some out of hellraiser i've this, seen numerous times
3: so this uh what, this is what elevate quote unquote elevated horror movies yeah. wish that they could be
0: basically uh-huh. yep uh-huh so stick that in your pipe and smoke it, all you modernists. Yeah. Once you once you look back at your influences, that you don't even realize you're ripping off. <laughs> that
3: nail says... those rats to the wall as your skin substitutes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> nail <laughs> those rats to the wall. Yeah. Also, that's my make you
3: a... having metal album I'm coming <laughs> out. That, that,
0: that would, that's not a band name. That's an album name.
3: That is an album name. That's it's a like live album name. The
0: Zappa. Nail
3: that the rats to the wall.
0: It's like skin, it, live in,
3: hu- live in Hungary, nineteen
0: ninety-seven. <laughs> so the band would be what? Skinless Frank.
3: Skinless, skinless Frank. Frank. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I prefer yes. a
0: natural s- casing
2: snap on my Franks. Yeah. And on yep. his
3: day off, he's ballpark Frank when he goes to see the game. Oh
2: god. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a flayed man and. Chicago shorts and a Dodgers cap.
0: Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at
3: gmail.com.
0: Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. Yes. <laughs> I have acquired the lament configuration and that fool Randor and He-Man have no way to stop me now. <laughs> oh god. I think that episode got dropped from syndication. All right. <clears throat>